0: All right, this is session three on our series of Kingdom Economics, Financial Blessing and Security from the Father. Here's where we've been. You've got to realize first and foremost that God owns it all. First Chronicles tells us in chapter 29 and verse 11, everything in heaven and on earth is yours, O Lord. Do you recognize that you're not an owner of anything? You're a steward. A steward is somebody who is assigned to take care of the interest and assets of somebody else. All that we are and all that we have is owned by our Father, by divine right. He created us. He owns it all. We're stewards. It is, however, the Father's heart. His heart is to bless His children. All loving fathers want their children to be blessed. We saw in the Holy Scriptures that as soon as God created Adam and Eve, the first thing He did was He spoke a blessing into them. God created Adam and Eve in His own image and likeness, and He blessed them. He supernaturally spoke. He imparted something of Himself. Do you know that when you bless your children or grandchildren, when you bless a fellow son or daughter of the Lord, (coughs) when you utter a blessing, God has designed you for the words of your mouth to be the transportation vehicle to transport that blessing. Life and death in the power of the tongue. It's either blessing or cursing, as we've already heard today in prophetic word. God blessed his son and daughter. You say, but pastor, original sin came in there. And do you know the origin we, we began to see, the origin of original sin is, that Adam and Eve believed the lie that their father wanted to withhold something good from them. And what they did is they started consuming something that belonged only by divine right to the one who created it. They consumed something that God said, "This not, you, 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 you can't have this. You can have everything else, and I'm giving you dominion, and I'm blessing you, but you're not to touch this tree. Now, remember that the Bible tells us there in Genesis 2 that God planted the garden, so that tree was planted by God. There was nothing evil in it. It was the knowledge of good and evil. That is, that if they partook of that tree, that they were going to enter into a rebellious state that was going to enable them to... Go down the path of death because it was evil. They had made a choice against the sovereignty of God. We also saw that the the Father's heart, although Adam and Eve did that and affected all of us, it was the Father's heart to blame. He got into a covenant with a man named Abraham, your spiritual father. You're a son and daughter of Abraham through faith in Christ Jesus. And God said this to Abraham, I will bless you and make you great. I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Do you know that the Bible tells us in the New Testament that Jesus was the fulfillment of the Abrahamic blessing? And the Bible says that the Abrahamic listen, the whole rest of the book after Genesis 12 is about the blessing of God through our spiritual father Abraham, and how it was fulfilled and perpetuated through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's desire is to bless his children. I love the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8 where there is a list of all these blessings that are going to come on you if you'll just believe and obey my word. And verse 18 says that Don't forget the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. You know what wealth is? Wealth is more than you need for the purpose of being a blessing to somebody else. It's a relative term, isn't it? But God said that... Uh, right there in that passage, it is don't don't forget the Lord your God. It is He who gives you the power to get wealth. Why? That He may fulfill the covenant that He made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your spiritual father. Proverbs ten twenty two. It is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich, and He adds no sorrow to it. Luke six thirty eight. Give, and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall be yours in full measure. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to cause all grace to abound towards you that always having all sufficiency, you would have an abundance for every good deed. 3 John 2, I desire above all things that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. On and on and on and on and on and on and on. It is the Father's heart, it is verified in Holy Word to bless His children It is, as we have seen, it is an opportunity. I told you about growing up. The only side of kingdom economics I ever saw or heard was obligation. It was like whenever we talked about kingdom economics, it was pay up or else. Pay up or else. And do you know that the modern church has gotten into such a lack of revelation that they are... Just constantly on drives uh, to get, trying to get people to tithe under obligation. I've even known churches that will call you up and tell you, you know, you pledged this, where's the money? Oh, that's going on. It makes you want to come and worship, doesn't it? I grew up with all the obligation side, but I didn't see the opportunity side until out of my own brokenness, I began to see if God had something to say besides that. So thank you, Lord, for grace. We found out that not only is it an obligation, it's an opportunity, and that opportunity is to partner with our Father. And our Father gives us mighty opportunities, but we have to believe Him because, in my own case, what God was trying to show me out of my own financial brokenness 30 years ago was this. Your problem doesn't have anything to do with money. Your problem has to do with your own unbelief. That's just a manifestation of it. I said sometimes our issues are only on the surface the fruit of our issues seems like it has to do with money but a lot of times underneath the surface we've got issues that are a lot deeper than just money issues like unbelief fear anger bitterness unforgiveness and money and lack of it just seems to be that place that god will eventually use to drive us to seek him In a place of intimacy. Nothing will get your attention more than being broke. Because you have to live with that every day, don't you? Every day. It's an opportunity to partner with God, and that partnership involves responsibility on our part to believe and obey Him. So let's go here to our passage in in Malachi chapter 3, and um, we're. I know many of you say, "Well, now, Pastor, this is our third week. When are we going to get off of this?" Well, w- whenever we're done, all right. Malachi three. Verse, ten. The Lord had been speaking to His covenant people who had drifted away from Him, and uh, they they were arguing with Him, saying, "You know what way? What in what way have we robbed you?" And He said, "In tithes and offerings." And then he says in verse 10, bring all the tithes. The Bible says that the tithe is holy unto the Lord. It's holy. It belongs totally to the Father. That first 10% of everything that comes to us is holy. And there's no record in Holy Scripture where Jesus or the apostolic writings ever canceled the tithe. There's, there's nothing. In fact, Hebrews 7 and verse 8 says that right now, your high priest, the Lord Jesus, right now, he himself is receiving tithes. I told you last time that we met, wouldn't I, I think if you got revelation of this, We would all begin to, every time we release that to the Lord, would not be an obligation. We get into joyous praise and worship over releasing that time. Whether we do it electronically or whether we do it through check or cash or however we do it, we ought to get into a place of joy and say, thank you, high priest, that this money is yours. And you are blessed by this. Do you know that heaven is watching what you do when you give your money? See, don't just throw something in an offering plate or don't just throw something in an envelope. Get into a place of worship. Lay your hands on that and say, Lord, my high priest, this is yours and I bless you with it. It's an act of worship. Whenever you begin to sin Tithes and offerings in into this ministry. I've begun to, Dean and I are, are b- praying blessing over those because they bless to Jesus. They bless Jesus. They belong to Him. And so we're blessing and asking God to return that back to you and through you in multiple, in multiplied forms. Get in a place of worship before the Lord. It is holy. Giving to the Lord is holy. It's his. And he has asked for us to partner with him and return it to him in partnership with his kingdom. It is received by Jesus. And notice what he says here. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What did the storehouse represent to them? By way of review, it was that place where they worshipped. It was where they had prayer covering and intercession through the priesthood. It was where the Word of God was taught to them. It is where they received blessing from those in places of spiritual authority. It was that place where God had ordained that there, there would be taken care of those who were serving Him. Try me, to the, the, try me now in this. Oh, what a passage. Put me to the test in this, says the Lord of hosts. Go ahead and put me to the test. Can I tell you something? If you're not tithing, you will never, you, if you wait till it makes sense, you'll never get there. It'll never make sense to the natural mind. You can't make it make sense because many of you owe more than you got right now. And so you can't make that make sense. But can I tell you something? you're eventually going to get revelation that you get your living from your giving. You're eventually going to come to grips with the fact that you're in partnership with God. And unless you're tied into the kingdom of heaven and its financial resources, you're not going to make it in this world. You're going to always be behind. Always. You say, well, I, I, I don't know if I can start to that. God says, put me to the test in this says the Lord of hosts. The word host means that is the, the word for holy angels that are in warfare posture. God going to go to war for you. And see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. What does that represent? It means there's going to come from my hand, from my provision, I am going to get involved. I am going to get involved in your finances. God Almighty says that. I am going to get involved. I am going to open the windows of heaven. I, I am noticing what you're doing. It's bearing witness in the courts of heaven right now, and I'm going to get involved with this. If you will just come back... And you will believe me and obey me. Put me to the test in this. Can I tell you something? You will always have periods and seasons of testing in the area of your finances. Anything that is super valuable is always going to be tested. If you really love somebody, that love will have to go through some test, Or it's not real love. Everything that is super valuable has tests to it. So don't believe for a minute that just because you're going through a season or an episode of testing that that, that it's not working. Can I tell you something? There is financially backed in heaven the security of those who will believe and obey God. And I believe by the word of God and I believe by the witness of the spirit and I believe by practical experience that if you will put the Lord to the test and you will trust him and believe and continue to do that which he has called you to do in seasons of lack that God will pour out for you a greater blessing. It's being stored up for you. Do you know That sometimes when you go through great periods of financial lack, God is just trying to get you to partner with him to teach you some things so that when that blessing does overflow, you'll better be able to handle it. How many people get rich in a Minnesota minute, win the lottery, and don't have any financial sense of responsibility? It ruins them in a year. You can read about that over and over again. Not ready, can't handle it. Put me to the test in this is the Lord of hosts. The only time I'm aware that God says to put him to the test in anything. And see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will be, not be room enough to receive it. You know what that means? I'm going to take you into a new realm and a new measure of financial provision. How many of you could handle a little bit of that? Oh, quit being so religious. I said, how many of you could handle a little bit of that? And, verse 11, I, I personally, God said this, I personally will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he, Did you get that, Joe? The devourer is a person. He didn't say so that it. He said so that he. Do you know you've got an active agent that does nothing but try to create your demise every day? Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that. There is an active agent who comes to destroy Your financial wherewithal and he wants you to constantly operate under pressure and lack. Notice what God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your vine. Now sometimes it feels like it and it looks like it. But he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. What, would, what was the fruit of their ground? Well, that was their livelihood. They lived in an agrarian society. It was what they depended on. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. How many of you feel like sometimes that every time you get paid it's just put in a sock with a hole in it? I mean, it just... It's gone before you even get it, the vine, failing to bear fruit, what you're trying to produce, not growing, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. There is an active agent who wants to destroy your business, your finances. He is alive. He is very real. He is a person. Can I tell you something? You're no match for the destroyer in and of yourself. You better partner with God. I want to tell you something else. Are you listening to me? I want to say what I said two weeks ago, three weeks ago. If you're not partnering with God with His tithe, you have to fight the devourer alone. You won't win. You will not win. If you will partner with God and honor Him and trust Him to oversee, He will fulfill that promise. He will rebuke the devourer. He will rebuke. Can I tell you something? The devourer will listen to Him. You say, well, Pastor, how does this devourer work? Well, many ways. The consummation of our resources comes through a lot of different ways. It can come through health. It can come through injuries and accidents. It can come through all kind of relational brokenness. It can come—I uh, mean—it takes on a lot of different faces. But uh, I—I got to tell you that the—the devourer works in a way that is really devious. That the Lord's just now giving me revelation on this in the last couple of weeks or so. And that is this. Do you ever ever put the devourer together with Revelation 12, 10? The passage that says that we have an enemy who accuses us, the accuser of the brethren accuses us night and day before the throne of God. Do you know that one of the main ways the devil, the devourer works is the accuser plants words and images in your mind and you begin to think and agree and speak in, in, in agreement with the accuser of the brethren. Thoughts like, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll never have anything. That'll never work for you. By the way, that what's, what's happening to you is because you did X years ago. That's why this is happening to you. The accuser of the brethren, the accuser of all of us who night and day somehow speaks and sends words before the throne of God about you, he is accusing you night and day of all the failures of all of all of this. You'll never get anywhere, you'll never have this, you can't do that. And to the extent that you begin to believe that and speak in line with it, to that extent the devourer is able to work because you just gave him permission. You and I give the devourer permission to attack us when we start agreeing and speaking and acting in line with the accusations of the evil one. Wow. I'll never be able to do that. I can't get over that. Listen, you got to begin to ask the Holy Spirit to shine light on everything that you are beginning to agree with. And you'll be surprised at how much of what you're beginning to agree with doesn't have any root in the truth. Jesus said the devil is a liar and has been from the beginning. There's no truth in him. Wow. So if I will partner with the Lord and I will believe him enough to obey him, God will start partnering with me. And he will begin to go to work and and rebuke the devourer on my behalf. I'm a. Boy, am I excited about this next part. But that's it for today. You'll have to come back next week. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this next part. I'm serious. The Holy Spirit has been sweet to us today, spoken to us and ministered to us. Let's all stand. One thing that I didn't know when I was young that I have learned now that I'm a little more mature, Bill. Sometimes you got to quit circling the airfield and land the plane. I land the plane a lot sooner than I used to. You can trust me. I want you to bow your heads with me now. And I want you to go to the Lord. And say, Lord, give me revelation of this word. Give me deeper revelation of this word. Revelation that part of what you grant me—it's all yours—but a portion of it you have deemed holy. Give me revelation of that holy portion that is yours. And through the word of God, Lord, the word of God that speaks faith into my inner man, I ask you for the grace to desire and obey that word and trust you with the results. Give me revelation, Lord that you want to partner with me in my finances. Revelation of what's yours and revelation to hear your voice and recognize that I'm not giving anything away. I'm investing in a kingdom that is sure and steadfast, that has a return guaranteed by the Word of God. And Father, I pray for those who are being tested now in this. I pray, Lord, that they would just have the impartation of the Word of God, the witness, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, of the truth, to say, you know, Lord, I'm going to get in line. I'm going to partner with you in this. And I pray you would break the demonic religious chains of obligation that they may see in their spirit opportunity to invest in your kingdom that is sure and steadfast and we get involved lord trusting you with the result give them grace to go through the hard times and the test and minister to them mightily lord now father i'm going to ask you right this minute that you would bless all of those who hear and receive and obey this word. Bless them, Lord, mightily. Show them encouragement. Show them light today. Give them favor, oh God, for those who are being tested. Give them favor with their creditors. Give them favor with their customers and clients and patients. Give them favor in their investments. Give them favor, O God. Give them supernatural favor. And I ask for those who are willing to begin to obey you, O God, that you will go ahead of them and that you will fulfill the promise of rebuking the devourer on their behalf. Thank you that you will personally represent them. Thank you, O God. Lord, give us deeper revelation that it's your heart to bless your children. May we joyously see giving as an investment, whether it's little or much. We pray, oh God, that we would see it the way you see it. Bring about your mighty return. Again, Lord, I cry out for you to bless these in the sound of my voice who are your children. Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we'll see you next week. We look forward to this next passage. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.